0: Welcome to After the Paycheck, the series dedicated to helping people to and through their retirement process. I'm your host, Adam Bly. This week, I am here with Ryan Marston, investment advisor representative and partner here at Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners. Pleasure as always to be here with you. I'm, I'm glad that you're yep. here. And one thing that if you've watched previous episodes of After the Paycheck, I like to ask Ryan a whole bunch of questions like on the fly. You like, do. Uh, I really yeah. keep you on the show. T- you definitely shows, do. So, <laughs> which, which is good. I'm okay with that. Though. And, I like that. That's good. It helps me <laughs> learn and I really think it's been beneficial to people watching. And... Something that I like to do for you off-camera, and that's kind of how the genesis of this episode is. I'll ask you something that I hear from time to time. Like, sure. like you hear uh, the four percent rule that we're going to get into, and you're like, "Well, you know, that that might not be the case for your particular situation." Or here's why it doesn't play into the factor for here and there for these other people. So this episode, I figure we'd kind of focus on those phrases that you hear, you know, yeah. as you're getting going through your professional life that are supposed to tie into retirement planning, but might not actually be. Prevalent to your situation th-
1: There's a lot of sayings Out there right And yeah. some of them Seem simple And it's just not always As simple as they seem Or right. there may be Some outside influences That are also factors That can prove it To be inaccurate Right Exactly you're right yeah. we, we were joking off camera Like the, oh An apple a day Keeps the doctor away <laughs> And does it though? It's a great saying. If you want to try to get your kids to, you know, start eating yeah. fruit, but you know, if I eat an apple a day in the morning, but I eat pizza every night, seven days a week for, you know, dinner, right, it might not keep that doctor away. Yeah, right. You might be in there earlier than you <laughs> <Yeah>. thought. <laughs>
0: so, in this episode, I figured I'll just ask you a couple of uh, not questions, but uh, mention some like common phrases or rules of thumbs that sure. are often repeated, and then just give me your feedback on why it may that or may sounds not be probably okay. So, the first one is. Your current age should be the percentage of your portfolio in bonds.
1: Yeah, I think that. So, that is a big one, especially more so now than ever, that I I find to have some major flaws to it. Okay. Right. So, if you're 60, um, you know, 65 years old, just simply doing 65% of your retirement portfolio should be in fixed income or bonds. Can have a can can be a major risk with today's environment, economy, right. and interest rates, and where where they're heading. Um, you know, as, as we know, like interest rates are at a really low spot right now, and fixed income and in bonds can be just as volatile and risky, if not more risky, of an asset class right now than stocks and equities. Okay. So the th- the thought process back in the day to that uh, specific saying was that if you had 65% of your bonds well it would it would be great if they were yielding you know 4 or 5 you know 5% plus in income but right, right now investment grade income treasuries they're all you know mid 2s if you're lucky or less right and you know what you can get into is a quick like how bonds work right is let's say you bought a $1000 bond this year at 2% yep right and interest rates rise which well, I think everyone would be in agreement over the next few years they're going to rise. Right. So if interest rates rise next year, and I can go buy a bond in the market for 3%, and you have a 2% bond, and you want to sell it to me, well, I don't want yours two when right. I can get 3 right? Right. I'd have so to sell it cheaper. You right? have like to sell it cheaper to make up for that 1% right, right. difference, and it take a loss. Yep. So as, as interest rates are going to be climbing over the next you know, two, three years, short term, Bonds could take a little bit of a, a pullback in okay. terms of an asset class, and then there's a lot of outside things like the Fed and what they're doing with bond buying. So it can just be a, it can be just as risky of an asset class if it's not the right type of bonds. You don't have the right allocation. So I think more so, like I was saying more so than ever, just taking your age and putting that into fixed income right now can can prove to be detrimental maybe to your retirement. Gotcha. Yeah,
0: I think this is going to tie into the next. The next kind of uh, rule of thumb that you hear, sure. which is the four percent rule, yep. but I think that that's based on high yielding uh, fixed asset classes. Yeah, as you get older.
1: Yeah, it, it is. You know, the four percent rule is great. What is the four percent rule? Just so in case the, isn't familiar, it, It's yeah. it's as simple as saying is you can take four percent of your retirement assets and and withdraw four percent or take out four percent without really dipping without dipping into principal and in. And, um, Utilizing that income for your retirement. So, right. if you have a million dollar portfolio, you know, taxes aside, it could be tax deferred, it could be tax free. But if you just take out four percent from that, a million um, dollars, then you can t- well, 40,000 $40, dollars a okay. year. You can sustain it throughout your retirement and, yep. and, and be left with the principal but that was also when again fixed income and rates were a lot higher and might have been yielding four percent right or you know equities were a little more stable of an asset class so you might I mean it's not to say you can't draw four percent from your portfolio and be okay you just might have to restructure your portfolio accordingly in order to keep up with a four percent inflation with with today's environment and in, in interest rates
0: okay so the that also doesn't even take into account that you might need more than 4% too, right? Like, you might
1: need four, more than 4% and where your assets? Like, you know, if you have a majority of your assets in savings, well, you're lucky to even get a half a percent right now. Right? So yeah. if you're <laughs> dipping into 4% per year, you're, you're dropping that principal by 3.5% per year, your withdrawal rate becomes bigger, or you're going to be taking out less on a yearly basis. Right. As long as you're earning 4% or more from the portfolio, then it's fine. So you got to make sure your asset allocation is... A, in accordance with what your withdrawal strategy is. And make sure you look at that on a year-to-year basis because right now we're in a quickly changing environment. Okay. Three, A year from now, two years from now, three years from now, we could be in a different spot and rates may be higher and fixed income may be more stable of an asset class again. You may want to switch back into it for okay. stability in your portfolio and higher yielding assets. So it's just it's – a, it's a tough – the four percent rule is definitely not the norm right now. Yep. I think more people are actually leaning towards three to three and a half percent, just because of what's been going on with the markets and fixed income. Okay.
0: So what happens if I'm like, oh, I've only saved five hundred thousand dollars, but my yearly spend, my, what I need, in income is a hundred thousand dollars? We will. Got to keep working. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, there's there's multiple options. You either right. got to keep working, you got to you know take a look at your budget, maybe look at ways you can cut into it. Okay take on more risk with your assets. So your risk capacity of your portfolio might have to go up in yep. terms of um, to keep up with your withdrawals. So there's a few, few different variations you can kind of undertake that would make the proper changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't want to go down that. That's why if, if you think you're there or, or withdrawing too much or even close to withdrawing too much, you really want to look at it now. Because the further you kick the can down the road, the more damage it does take to your retirement down. portfolio. portfolio. The changes you make today would be far less than the changes, you know, five, 10 years down the road if you continued that strategy. So okay. if, if you do continue that strategy, the changes you would have to make then would be far greater than a minor change today. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: That kind of leads us into the next one, which is you need to take big risks for big rewards. But I think that that pendulum also swings the other way. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, I mean, definitely don't agree with that. I mean, Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, take big risks for big rewards, right? I guess you have to define what the big risk is first, right? Okay. What is a big risk? Like, you know, if you watch, you know, market news or CNBC or any major major um, channels now, you know, I think a lot of people are talking about equities as a safer class or the class you want to be in versus fixed income and some others mm-hmm. um, over the next few years just because they, they're, they're forecasting growth versus a rising interest rate and losing fixed income uh, value or... I mean, they're 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 starting to develop some innovative ways of replacing the fixed income. I think in, the, okay. in in within the markets over the next few years. So hopefully some things come up down the road that have more stability in the portfolio and can yield some some returns or interest. Um, but I think you have to define what the big risk is. But you don't want to just you, you got to know what the downside is of any big risk you're taking on. That's like okay. the number one. I don't always swing for the like fences. It's like how, What like what's the downside of any decision we make or any uh, you know options or alternatives we're going over you want to know what the downsides are and if you're okay with the downsides then you can look at the upsides you don't want to look at the upsides first because you know you could find yourself again in a spot where it didn't go well or your your big risk really actually set you back further than you expected
0: right yeah that's a good point like know where your worst case scenario is if you if this doesn't pan out yeah exactly that's great uh, the fourth one we're going to go over here is tax-deferred retirement accounts are the best way to grow your retirement
1: savings. I like this one in the sense that I know the answer, you know, <laughs> not necessarily, right? They might, they, the I, I, we talk about this a lot and I guess just in terms of a growth standpoint, you know, it could be tax-deferred or tax-free, it doesn't, you know, if you're in the same investment in both, yeah, it's going to return the same results. It's it's on the it's when you're starting to draw it out, okay. right? Yeah. Like so, if you could earn 10% annually on a hundred thousand dollars, and at the end of the road, take money out of that investment on a tax def, tax taxable basis, so anything you okay. took out, it's ordinary income tax, yep, right? Or or if you could take it out and not be assessed any tax, what would you choose? We'll
0: probably no tax, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah,
1: and I think that's fairly, fairly common. a common answer, right? <laughs> um, so if you can grow things on a tax free basis with with growth, you know, you know, of substantial growth, yeah, it just has again a bigger impact down the road. You get tax free growth on that, and then you get tax free income coming out. So, those are the assets you want okay. to really have the most growth in, um, from your retirement account standpoint, okay? Because, again. Fast forward five, 10 years down the road with all the, the debt we're taking on as a country from the stimulus packages and everything else, at some point, I'd like, you know, most people are in agreement probably in saying that taxes will go up. And right. if we can plan now for the taxes and, and pay taxes on the number we know versus the unknown, which I'd say is greater than a 50% chance that would go up, um, it, it would probably have a better long-term effect on your retirement accounts and, and retirement in general.
0: When you when we talk about tax free growth strategies, yeah. I know that there's like there's the Roth, yep. and then people can convert to a Roth conversion. Are there other assets that grow tax free?
1: Well, so there there are. Um, there's a couple of things. So a lot of people, you know, tax free really didn't become a big thing until you know it started in the late '90s and in the 2000s, and it's picked up growth probably a lot, or picked up momentum, I should say, in a lot in the last ten years or so. Okay. So if you're in your 60s, more realistically than not is you're going to have most of your assets in tax deferred. deferred but right. it doesn't mean it, you can't make some impactful changes now um, You know, when you retire. You might be able to retire, continue to defer out oh, Social Security like we talk about, oh, okay. do some Roth conversions, get some money onto that tax-free side and then get the growth out of it and then have tax free income out of that in the future. Okay. Um so you know reducing your tax burden down the road as opposed to today. Like that's what it's all about is planning down the road so you don't have any big setbacks or you know the big unknown. So pay taxes on what you know today versus the unknown that could right. that could really again set you back on your on your retirement journey. I think that's um, great. You said like if we're down the road. So if you are like five years away from
0: retirement now is a really good time to have that conversation rather than you know five years in retirement where you can still make those moves but you've kind of already yeah you're already drawing on that tax deferred account you
1: you can you you just might be not the same amount of benefit you can make today or sometimes those changes five years down the road are just you got, you got to make bigger changes, unfortunately, than you would today. So okay. you know, you, again, make, this is what you were saying before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just you, you, may, you might be a much smaller change today. You can make for a bigger impact down the future. Gotcha.
0: The fifth one that I have written down here is your expenses are lower in retirement, so you don't need as much income, or you're not going to pay as much in taxes, anyways. So.
1: Yeah, uh, that one. You know, in sitting down with a lot of clients and prospects, I've found that to be you know more inaccurate than accurate some 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 cases that will be accurate right yeah like if you're going into retirement and you set up your mortgage to be paid off when you retire and you might not be going having crazy lifestyle expenses when you when you're in retirement right? right so naturally yeah maybe your cost will be going down but um more realistically than not you know you're you're if you are working a five day a week Schedule, you know, forty hours a week plus commute and everything else. You got to fill that time with doing something, right. Instead of sitting at a desk <laughs> or, or working, right? So much TV. All exactly. <laughs> so you're gonna want to do stuff. And you know, you, you your expenses might be going down. You're not contributing to like four hundred one ks anymore and all those things. So those expenses might be gone. But right. your lifestyle expenses, your everyday expenses to run your household, more they're not going to go anywhere unless the mortgage is now paid off. Right. So unless that is the case. Realistically, they're going to be staying where they are, and, and then if taxes do go up in the future, you might be in a higher tax bracket right. um, in retirement. So I, I think you really want to take a look at your budget, maybe right before you know before retirement or yep. you know leading up to retirement, and and take a look at what actually might be gone. But yeah. inflation is going to be picking up at some point in the future with all the stimulus, yep. and, and inflation really needs to be accounted for. So. If, if inflation rises to a larger number than we're seeing today, you know, that those expenses, again, might be potentially even greater than, you know, a significant amount greater than what they are today, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you account for that and you know what your expenses are.
0: Uh, we did a great episode on that a while ago about the, the difference between essential expenses and lifestyle
1: expenses. Yeah. And you have
0: what your lifestyle is now. But like you said, once you retire and you have a little bit more free time, you might want to... Uh, I don't want to say elaborate. Well, you might want to kind of build on some of those lifestyle experiences. Yep. I only get to golf a few times a year, but when I retire, I'm going to have a lot more time to do more of that if yep. I want. And it's not free to play golf. No, so, no, it is know, not. And that's just a small expense, yeah. you know, that that you're spending on whatever it is. So that's that's a really good point right there. Um, are there any other like tidbits that I'm thinking of that I'm that I or that I'm missing right now?
1: That I, mean, I mean, there's a lot of small ones that come and go. Um, I, I think the bottom line is just like. If don't just adapt them, uh, you know, saying you hear on CNBC or you read about in the Wall Street Journal or wherever it might be, some retirement planning uh, magazine. You don't want to just adapt that to your portfolio because it might actually be detrimental to your retirement. Okay. Right. Uh, you want to see how it applies to you. See if it's a right fit. See what other options are available. And if you don't truly understand, like the saying, you maybe want to probably speak to someone about. You know what is this? How does this actually does apply it, to me? Can it apply to me?
0: Right. Uh, yeah. So stop blindly taking your cod fish yeah. oil pills. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm, uh, but yeah, like like you, like you yep. just said, Ryan. If if you are in a situation where you are following those kind of like, hey, you know, I just need to make sure that. I'm putting all of my money in these tax-deferred accounts, and I'm going to be all set for life. That might not actually be the situation. It might not be what's best for you. So if you are in that situation, it would be best to talk to a financial professional about that, just to get a better sense of where you are. And like you said, Ryan, so you can make any of those necessary adjustments that you need to to make sure that you are going to be in your best retirement situation as you get into it. Awesome. Ryan, thank you very much for the time. Thank you again. I appreciate you being here. Uh, if you have any questions, always feel free to head over to afterthepaycheck.com if you're not there already and fill out the form on the bottom of the page. Until next time, take care. John Conley and Ryan Marston are
1: investing are representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners, LLC, and Retirement Wealth Advisors are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Insurance and annuities offered through licensed professionals of RNL Insurance Agency LLC, Mass Insurance License 1783398.